0: At the beginning of February, the chair of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, was sounding optimistic about his fight against inflation. At a press conference, he kept saying one word over and over again. Disinflation, meaning a slowdown in inflation. Powell used the word fifteen times.
1: The disinflation, they don't see disinflation. Disinflation process disinflation Disinflation. inflation.
2: And That really spoke
1: to the mood at the
2: time. People were talking about when the Fed is going to be done raising interest rates because people think inflation is going to slow down. Investors in financial markets at that time were expecting a really rapid decline in inflation this year, a miraculous melting away of inflation.
0: But our colleague Nick Timoros says that this week, Powell sounded very different.
2: Fed Chair Jay Powell delivered his twice-yearly testimony to lawmakers. And what was significant was that he hinted at a possible shift in the Fed's interest rate tactics.
1: Um, We're looking at at a reversal, really, of what we thought uh, we were seeing to some extent. He suggested that
2: actually they might want to go back to making some bigger moves here because the economy is looking hotter than they thought it was.
0: And that could mean more and bigger interest rate hikes. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, March 9th. Coming up on the show, why the Fed could jack up interest rates to their highest level in 20 years.
1: This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. Global X specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started.
0: There's a funny thing about the Fed right now. They're actually rooting for a weaker economy.
2: There's a paradox there where bad news is good news or good news is bad news. That when inflation's high and the Fed's raising interest rates, the whole point of the exercise is to cool down the economy.
0: And late last year, the Fed thought they were seeing the economy cool down.
2: There were signs that consumer spending was coming off the boil. Hours worked was declining. When when companies decide maybe they don't need as many workers, before they fire people, they cut hours. So you could tell a story around the end of last year that said, all right, all of these interest rate increases are beginning to have some effect. The economy's slowing down. And that's what the Fed wanted to see.
0: So they look at this economic data coming in that shows that the economy is slowing down. And it's like a relief. And it's a relief for everybody because finally, inflation appears not to be this massive threat anymore.
2: That's right. And if you looked at the inflation data around the the turn of the year, the inflation data was also getting better. Goods prices, gas prices, which contributed a lot to inflation through the middle of last year, those were beginning to come down. There were signs and there still are signs that rents, which are a really important part of inflation, are going to come down. And so the Fed could begin to tell a story that inflation was actually getting better.
0: And if inflation was getting better, maybe the Fed could stop its massive interest rate hikes.
2: Powell and really other Fed officials more than Powell began to talk about the idea of finding a place to pause, a resting spot for interest rate increases. They were slowing down, And maybe after that, you can stop. Then came February. —
0: And what happened in February? —
2: We get the employment report for January, and it's sizzling hot. —
0: Economists had expected the economy to add about 200,000 jobs in January. Instead, it added 500,000 jobs. This was a shock.
2: So what we're learning now is just that the economy coming out of this pandemic, it's quite different from what anybody thought it was going to be. It's very strong. You know, I call it the honey badger labor market. This is a labor market that just can't be slowed down.
0: What do you know about honey badgers?
2: Well, I forget what the meme was. The the honey badger don't give a damn or something.
1: Honey badger don't care.
0: (laughs) I see. So the economy is like, you do whatever you want with your interest rates. We're cruising along.
2: This is just a job market that can't be slowed down.
0: But the Fed has been raising rates rapidly for almost a year to slow down the economy. So why isn't that working?
2: So there are a few reasons. One is that household and business balance sheets are in a lot better shape. They are more resilient now to higher interest rates People have this excess savings, as it's called, you know, the money that they saved either because of stimulus payments or because they just weren't going out and spending money the way they otherwise would have during the pandemic. And even once those buffers, if you think about it as kind of cash buffers, once those are depleted, that money is still sloshing through the economy because one person's spending is another person's income. On top of that, you have... Gas prices that have fallen since last summer. So that's putting more money in people's pockets to spend on other items. So they're feeling better. They're able to spend more.
0: And the things they're spending on? Eating out and going on vacation.
2: I mean, I've gotten emails from uh, readers in response to our stories this week saying, you know, I've been going on cruises for a long time and I've never seen the cruise ships as full as they are right now.
0: Is this what is known as revenge travel?
2: People couldn't travel. So now, yes, it's revenge travel or, you know, Powell even called it last year, uh, you know, the the phenomenon of people getting married because they couldn't get married and have weddings in 2020, revenge weddings. Though, to me, that sounds like something out of Game of Thrones.
0: All that revenge spending, the hiring, the lower gas prices, it's all driving a stronger economy. And remember, that's not what the Fed wants the Fed is trying to slow the economy down. What does this too-strong, if you will, economy mean for the Fed's strategy?
2: If you thought these interest rate increases were gonna slow down the economy, and it turns out, hey, actually, they're not having that much effect. They're not having the bite that you thought they would. Then you begin to wonder, do you maybe need to do more? What Powell suggested this week was that the possibility of moving faster is uh, probably more live than people had thought it was before he testified this week.
0: After the break, what it could take to slow down the honey badger economy.
2: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at Mercury.com.
0: Earlier this week... When Powell appeared on Capitol Hill to answer lawmakers' questions, he delivered the surprising news.
1: The latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated.
0: What Powell's suggesting is there could be more and higher interest rate hikes in the future. That's concerning to some people because each rate hike adds to the risk that there could be a recession and widespread layoffs. At the hearing, Senator Elizabeth Warren confronted Powell about this. Chair Powell, if you could speak directly to the two million hardworking people who have decent jobs today, who you're planning to get fired over the next year, what would you say to them? How would you explain?
2: She really went after him for this idea that they have to slow down the economy and you're throwing people out of work to bring inflation down. Now, Powell Powell probably didn't love you know, being told that because his job is to get control of inflation.
1: I would explain to people more broadly that, that inflation is extremely high, and it's hurting the working people of this country badly, all of them.
2: Inflation's high, and there aren't a lot of trade-off-free ways to bring inflation down. He's been saying for a while, you know, getting inflation down is gonna have some pain.
0: Putting two million people out of work is just part of the cost and they just have to bear it.
1: Well, will Will working people be better off if, if we just walk away from our jobs and, and inflation remains well, five, six me, percent? Me ask
0: you Why is it more important to bring inflation down rather than prevent layoffs?
2: You know, what the Fed will say is they aren't seeking to increase unemployment. But the concern for the Fed here is that if you don't deal with this now, it'll only be more painful to deal with later. Powell's view here and sort of the Fed view is, yes, you know, it won't feel good if the unemployment rate goes to 45 or 5%, but it really won't feel good if five years from now, we've allowed this inflation problem to really get out of control and we have to have 10 or 11% unemployment Because back in 2023, we didn't deal with this all the way.
0: So it's a question of when you take your bitter medicine and how.
2: Yeah, there are trade-offs, right? There are trade-offs in policy. And, you know, in hindsight, it'll probably be obvious what the Fed should have done. But it's not obvious right now.
0: The Fed's next chance to try to slow inflation comes later this month. Fed officials will meet and talk about how much to raise rates. Nick says the debate will be on whether to raise them by a quarter point, like they did last time, or by half a point. That difference might not seem very big, but what the Fed decides could signal just how high interest rates will ultimately go.
2: Before, there was an idea that maybe the Fed would raise interest rates to just above 5%. Now, Investors are beginning to anticipate, gee, what if the Fed has to raise interest rates closer to 6 percent? And that's a pretty high level. You know, that's higher than we've seen in 22 years.
0: What would the impact of interest rates at 6 percent mean for consumers, for for everyday people and for businesses?
2: It means that the cost to borrow is going to go up. Your auto loan payment, your credit card, if you're buying a new house right now, mortgage rates are back above 7 percent. If the Fed keeps raising interest rates, we could get back to mortgage rates at 8%. We haven't been there since the year 2000. So that would have a bite.
0: Why has inflation become such a persistent problem for the Fed? It feels like every time we have you on, we're just talking about, can we get inflation under control?
2: Well, initially, the thinking was that inflation was being driven higher by these supply chain bottlenecks. And once you fix the supply chain bottlenecks, then prices would come down. And the the bottlenecks are still there, but they're not as severe as they were, and inflation's still high. And so it's leading more economists to suggest that the only way out of this is a recession. I think the challenge is that it's very difficult to get the timing of these things right. I think about you know, the Fed raising interest rates here, like hitting that glass ketchup bottle. You keep hitting it, you keep hitting it, and nothing comes out. And then you hit it once and everything comes out, right? Yeah. Everything weakens at once. On your shirt. Recessions, it's all over your tie. Recessions can be like that. Once a recession starts, these dynamics just get unleashed through the economy where you know companies are hiring, 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 and then they're firing.
0: Do you think the next time we have you on, we'll be talking about a recession?
2: You know, I did this story this week where I quoted an economist who said, a lot of economists have been predicting a recession in six months. And he said, in six months' time, people will still be predicting a recession in six months. It's really hard to get, you know, a a call on this economy right now, forecasting how this economy is gonna react. It's just difficult. So I'm the last person anybody should listen to about what's gonna happen in the economy.
0: Sadly, you are the person they're listening to.
2: Well, we write about what's happening, but we we try not to get into the forecasting business. There are plenty of other people to do that.
0: Awesome, Nick. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Kate.
0: That's all for today, Thursday, March 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.